Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Nate Moore, a certified public accountant who speaks, consults, and writes about using business intelligence in medical practices across the country. MGMA recently published his book, Better Data, Better Decisions, Using Business Intelligence in the Medical Practice, and Nate also moderates the Excel Users Group on the MGMA member community. Nate led a great session at MGMA 16 called Carving Up and Drilling Down, Business Intelligence for Revenue Cycle Management, and Nate is leading two sessions at MGMA's Financial Management and Payer Contracting Conference next month in Las Vegas on how to use business intelligence to improve your contracting process. He's here with us today to talk a little bit more in depth about business intelligence and how it can benefit you. Welcome, Nate. Thanks, Shannon. Uh, so first, can you uh, define business intelligence for us? What does that really mean? Sure. You know, this quote came from a presentation I did at an annual conference from Jimmy a couple of years ago. And I mean, I, I talk fast, so suffer through the traditional definition, then I'll tell you what I think it means in English. Business intelligence is a set of methodologies, processes, architectures, and technologies that transform raw data into meaningful and useful information used to enable more effective strategic, tactical, and operational insights and decision-making. Phew, what was that, and what is it in English? Right. I think business intelligence is, you know, Shannon, it's, it's, it's everything you don't like about the canned reports you're getting out of your practice management system. Instead of being you know, the can standard, everybody gets this and everybody sees the same information. It's customized. It's focused on exactly what matters to your practice. You know, I'll probably say this, you know, two or three times during our conversation today, Shannon, but, you know, these, these practices, they've forgotten more than I'll ever know about, you know, the ins and outs of their practice and what matters to them. And business intelligence is trying to get those things that are specific to them, the measures, the metrics, the, the data, the what matters to me most, out of a practice management system and an EHR into an easy-to-use format that's pushed to them that says, hey, you know, once a week you get an email or there's a spreadsheet or you can, you can go to a dashboard and you can really understand what the heck is going on in your practice and use that to drive decisions in your practice. Okay. Um, so, so now we understand a little bit more of what that means. What, what are the benefits of it? What are the things that you can really um, use business intelligence for? Maybe some more some tangible examples. Sure, you know I work with you know practices across the country, and they're the way they use business intelligence is you know it's very different from practice to practice. What you know is you know life threateningly important to one practice, another practice doesn't care about. And you know, the so the benefits for for your practice are going to be very different than what somebody else might see. But let me give you just an example of something that. Uh, came up with two different practices in the past two or three days. Both of them said, hey, we've got a clinic. Uh, one of them's a walk-in clinic. And what we want to know is, okay, so folks come into the walk-in clinic. How many of those patients that come into a walk-in clinic are going to turn out to be procedures and surgeries that add to our bottom line? And so what we've done is we've said, all right, let's mine all the data and figure out everybody who came into the walk-in clinic and then let's see if that was their first visit to the practice. Is that how they got to our practice? Because they could walk in and get there, you know, without, you know, having to make an appointment or wait to see the provider, or whatever. They walk in same day, they get an appointment. Now, how many of those translate into surgeries or procedures that really drive the bottom line in these practices? And so the benefit for them is to say, okay, here's the cost or here's what it's taking 
to run this same-day clinic. And now what are the benefits? What are the opportunities that we get by running that clinic? And then, Shannon, what we'll do is we'll say, okay, how many patients are there and what kind of revenue is it and how many days is it between when they walk in the clinic for the first time and we actually get a procedure? And we can take those metrics and measure it over time and say, are we getting better or worse at running our walk-in clinic? Something like that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I guess um, one of my um, big questions then is, is it, this sounds great and the idea of like using data to really drive your, um, your decisions, but um, is it possible to then put too much weight into that? You know, I suppose you could run the, your numbers, Shannon, and say, okay, you know, look, we've run all the numbers and the way to maximize revenue in this practice is for the providers to work 24 hours a day. And that's how we're going to do it. And so, you know, sometimes you can use, that's a bit extreme, but sometimes you can use data to the exclusion of other factors in your practice. So even to the exclusion of common sense, if you drive too much with data to say, well, yeah, the data says this, but what's reality and, and what, how does our, you know, what is the culture in our practice and how does the culture work for that? Let me, let me give you a, a, another example. You know, um, one of the things that a lot of uh, billing offices and revenue cycle folks are worried about is their days in AR. And, you know, I can drive your days in AR to zero or to one. If, I mean, we'll just write off the claims as soon as they come in and our, our, look how good our numbers will look. <laughs> and what we really need to do is use data to manage the practice in conjunction with other points of data and other things around the culture and the practice, the environment that we're in, the competitive environment, where we are with the payers, and kind of take all that information, put that together and say, okay, with that background, now I can use data to really understand how to benefit my practice. You know, Shannon, I think the payers have the data, the big competitors, the big hospitals have data and are using it. And, you know, for an average medical practice to succeed in that environment, we've got to have our data and we've got to be able to manage with it without putting too much weight into it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so, you know, bigger, big hospital systems, that kind of thing, they've got, they probably have staff dedicated to this kind of thing. But for a smaller practice, um, you know, really uh, analyzing this kind of data is, can maybe seem a little bit daunting. Um, what, where do you think a practice manager for a smaller practice should really start with this? You're exactly right, Shannon. It's a lot daunting. I mean, you know, to try to, you know, just making it through the day in an average practice, there's so many things going on and interruptions and doctors need this and patients need this and staff needs that. To try to find the time is, is a real trick. The thing that I have found most successful with particularly smaller practices I work with, is to try to get one set of data that really matters to that practice. For some practices, that may mean, hey, we've got to get our arms around AR. For other practices, you know, it's all about productivity, and we've got to understand what productivity is, or we've got to understand where our payer contracts are, or we've got to understand appointments and no-shows and, and how we're scheduling patients. Whatever that one key piece of data is, the tool that has just worked for me again and again is to get that data into what's called a pivot table. Microsoft makes Excel and included with every version of Excel for 20 some odd years is this feature called pivot tables. And you know for a CPA with an MBA who's you know a fellow in the American College of Medical Practice Executives, a data guy, I mean the pivot table is the best thing since sliced bread. What they'll do is they'll take that one source of data 
and let you slice it and dice it, drill down and understand that data inside and out without having to have a big expensive dashboard program or a, uh, a great big involved data warehouse, you know, really fancy thing. If you can get raw data out of your practice management, your EHR system around that key issue, whatever that issue is, let, let's, let's say it's accounts receivable for the sake of argument, Shannon. If you can mm -hmm. get that data, then what a pivot table will let you do is say, all right, I'm going to look at my accounts receivable by aging buckets, or I'm going to look at it by provider, or by location, or by payer, or by patient, or by whatever else I need to see. And that pivot table will let you slice and dice the data and see trends and say, you know what, the reason my AR is in trouble is because of secondary insurance, or because of this payer, or because this location, or we're not getting charges in timely enough for this provider. And that, you know, the pivot table just makes it really easy particularly for small practices, to understand that. So uh, one of the things that I've done for MGMA members is start uh, a community. It's, it's, it's like those listservs. There's an MGMA community for all kinds of things, and there's one called Excel Users. And in that Excel Users community, every time I publish a video, I'll tell the Excel Users group, hey, here's what I'm talking about. And it's typically a four- or five-minute video, just very brief, on one little concept in Excel. And you watch some of those videos you know, one a day in a, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, you've got all kinds of tools at your disposal to really start thinking about what matters in my practice and how I'm going to slice my data. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, so I think that's something that's um, nice to hear that, you know, I think some, some people might be worried that they would have to buy extra software or new programs or learn new things um, to be able to do this. But if you can use Excel, that um, makes it a little bit um, maybe a little bit more um, achievable. Um, what are some other uh, tips for uh, you, that you might be able to give to a practice manager getting started on this, um, on how to do this, and maybe how to sell it uh, to um, his physicians or other other um, members of his practice? Absolutely. I think the trick is to to start small, but to start to pick again what, whatever that key issue is in your practice. And Jen, when you talk about selling it to the physicians and or the board or the administration or whatever, I think that key issue may be the key issue for them as opposed to the key issue for me, if you will. In other words, if, they, if their compensation is based on productivity and they're always coming to me and asking, you know, where am I productivity-wise and what's my bonus going to look like for the fourth quarter, whatever it is, that may be the place to start. Even though I care a whole lot more about scheduling or receivables or no-shows or whatever it is, the place to start may be to... to to find that pain point, the real issue that the administration or the providers or the docs are having and provide information to them so that they can see what's going on in the practice. And that may be the ticket that opens the door to the issues that the practice administrator really wants to understand. Now that we've sold the, the administration, the owners, the providers, whoever it is, on the value of getting data. I remember years ago, one of the first groups I ever helped we took a pivot table with some compensation productivity related information and we put it on a laptop and we projected onto a screen and went into a board meeting. And, you know, we talked for about five minutes and then the doctors from there just kind of took the whole thing over and they were converted. I mean, they, they said, wait a minute, we didn't know we could get this data. We didn't know this. We never saw that. We didn't know that this location was like that or this code was like this. And trying to find a friendly way to present that data to physicians can really kick off a business intelligence product, 
project and get them going. Great. Um, so, what are some of the challenges that administrators? What are some of the challenges that administrators should look out for um, once they're started doing this? Is there any um, common pitfalls that people fall into that um, they might want to be aware of? I think sometimes, Shannon, the, you can try to do too much, too fast. I I work with a group in the Northeast that went to their docs and said, right, we want to get all this quality data. And when they started talking to the docs, there was this quality data and that quality data. And we had just tremendous list of all this stuff. And we wanted, you know, pre-op and post-op and intra-op. And we wanted all this data. And what happened in the end was there was so much data that it, it was a huge burden for the physicians to input all this data or figure out how to get all this data in the system. And the project really kind of stalled for a while until they stepped back and said, we got to crawl before we walk, run, or try to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, if you can crawl, and sometimes, you know, I've got a friend in Indiana who we were, start, we were talking about crawling with a project one time, and we were sitting there with my friend and the CFO of the practice, and the CFO said, sometimes you got to slither. And sometimes you got to slither before you can crawl, Shannon. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to start very small and say, all we're going to do is get one report. Maybe we download a calendar report out of the PM system, and we're going to figure out how to get the raw data we need, and we learn how to use a pivot table. And that's all we're going to do. And if we can start that small, and then once we prove the concept and get the, it, the administration what they need to see, then we can really move to walk, run, and marathon and all that kind of stuff. But you got to start small. Great advice. Um, I want to turn a little bit toward um, your upcoming presentations. Um, so uh, we've talked a little bit about just basics um, for business intelligence, but what's the benefit of using business intelligence in particular uh, when contracting with payers? I was at the FMPC conference last year in Orlando, and somebody came up after the presentation and said, Nate, I love the presentation, but you know, we go to these, all these sessions at the FMPC conference, and they all assume that we've got our data, it's organized, everybody has what they need, and now that you've got all your data, here's how to analyze it. And, and she said to me, you know, a lot of folks are just struggling to get their data in the first place, and how do we even, you know, get the data in a point where we can analyze it? So the first session at FMPC this year in Las Vegas is all about an Excel feature called VLOOKUP. And VLOOKUP is a fantastic tool if you've got data here and you've got data there to put them all in the same place for analysis. And one of the challenges in payer contracting is trying to get the contracts and the, the allowed amounts, period, out of the payers, and then trying to get them in a format you can analyze. And so the, the whole first session is this tool to say, if, if I've got you know, an Aetna contract here and a Blue Cross contract there and a United contract over here, how do I get them all in the same spreadsheet lined up so I can see, okay, here's the CPT code 99213, and here's what United pays and Blue Cross and Aetna, and I can go across and get something to analyze. So the whole first session is this tool so that by the end of the hour, you're going to know how to get your contracts in a place to analyze. And then the second session, I've got all kinds of um, live examples. I brought, uh, I'm going to bring, present from my laptop with some live tools uh, with folks, what folks are doing from around the country to analyze contracts. Uh, I've got some sample, uh, well, I've actually the live uh, Medicare data on what people are charging for different codes. So you can go say, hey, I'm a cardiologist in Texas. What are my competitors charging for this procedure or that procedure? I've got some tools on how to compare contracted rates. And so I know Aetna pays this and Blue Cross pays that. How do I decide whether I've got a better contract? 
I've got some tools that people are using to help calculate at the front desk what to collect from patients. If we know, hey, we're going to do these three procedures today, and here's what the contract says they ought to pay, here's what their out-of-pocket maximum is, and here's their copay and all this, calculate what I ought to collect at the front desk. Other tools that look at um, claims that are processed and look what payers have allowed for these amounts and say, is it reasonable? Are they paying according to contract? How do I deal with zero payments? How do I find it and compare adjustments across payers? I mean, and, and the one I'm most excited about, Shannon, is I'm working with the primary care group who uh, has, they do a lot of Medicare patients. And they've, they do a lot of Medicare Advantage patients in their market. And what they're telling me is, hey, Nate, we've got these incentive programs coming from all these different Medicare Advantage payers. And if we do it right, it's worth eight or $900 of additional revenue per patient per year to, to do these annual wellness visits. And then each one of the payers has different forms they want you to complete and different deadlines and different requirements and, and thresholds to get bonuses and all this kind of stuff. If we can figure out a way to keep track of all these programs, it's worth, in their estimation, six figures of revenue per primary care provider. And I mean, that's huge. It's just um, if we can manage all these programs and make sure we're jumping through each hoop at the right time and the right way and keep track of it and find a simple way to do it, it's a huge game changer for primary care. And we're, they're just starting to get their arms around how to manage all these different plans and make sure they comply with all and jump through all these hoops. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, six figures are a provider. I mean, that runs circles around PQRS and meaningful use. It's a huge, diff, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deal maker for them if we can figure out how to analyze it. And we'll talk about how that VLOOKUP tool and, and some of these business intelligence things can summarize these programs into something that's actionable for them so that they know what to do next and how to manage this thing and, and how to earn all these incentives. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so I guess that kind of leads into my next question of just how do you use, so um, you can use the business intelligence um, and data for contracting, and then how can you maybe use that um, after a new contract um, uh, to make sure that these uh, changes and stuff have been implemented? Good question, Shannon. I'm going to bring two live, ex or two examples from practices that are doing that today. One of them is a smaller practice who gathers all the allowed amounts in a spreadsheet and kind of reviews after the fact with this in Excel. And we have a tool that's built to make it easy for them to say, okay, this code for this provider should pay this. And here's a history of everything they've done in the last six months. Let's see where they aren't paying according to contract and isolate them and figure out what's going on. I'm also going to bring an example from a group that got frustrated and said, you know what, this is too complex and we're too big to let all this money slide. And so they build a little app where they keep track of every time they get an EOB, they say, all right, what's on the EOB, what should be paid, what is paid according to contract, what isn't. And then what they do is they get a daily exception email that says, here's everything that processed overnight. And by the way, these are the things that didn't pay according to contract. And it kind of cuts, the, it cuts your work out for you and says, here's, you know, prioritized list of here, here's the claims you need to look at, the payers you need to call, here's what didn't pay according to contract. And they just go right down the list, and that's how they manage according to contract every day. And I think it'll be an interesting example for the folks that are in the session in Las Vegas. Great. Um, I think we've uh, talked about a lot of what I hoped to uh, talk with you about today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, anything we haven't spoken about that um, you want make you want to make sure people listening in know? I think for folks that are looking to get started, 
uh, one of the big benefits of MGMA is to have the member communities where you can share information and ask questions and that kind of thing. If you're not a member of the Excel users member community, I started it five or six years ago and moderate it. And what we're doing now is twice a week I put a video out there. We call it Excel Bootcamp. And it's just the very basics of Excel, uh, starting with cut, copy, paste, up to um, the one I posted last night was about how to sort data in Excel. It's a free benefit from being a member of MGMA to have access to this community. And you subscribe to the community, and every time I post a video, here's a little blurb about it, and you can follow along. There's 520 videos. There's tons of these short little videos, and you can come up to speed quick on starting business intelligence. Great. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. I'll take one more story and I'm yep. done. Okay. I, sp I spoke at annual conference uh, last fall and was talking to some folks after, and there was a physician in the audience, primary care doc, and I tend to get a little excited and I talk fast. Is that your business tells you? You can do this, you can do this, isn't this great? And she said to me after, you know, you could use a little Adderall. And <laughs> if I've talked fast, if I've been a little too... You know, excited about business intelligence. Forgive me, Shannon, but this is this animates me. This is why you know, I get excited about changing the way you run your business with data. Yeah, well, it's nice to hear someone so excited about data. So thank you again. Um, to learn more about business intelligence, you can check out Nate's MGMA 16 session, Carving Up and Drilling Down, available now on demand. And consider attending Nate's sessions at the FMPC conference on uh, February 19th to 21st in Las Vegas. Uh, for more information, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts. <laughs>